0: Our Gospel lesson today is the one appointed for Epiphany Day, which we share today from Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter, beginning with the first verse. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What happens to you is not as important as how you react to what happens to you. There are other quotations that are more poetic, more beautifully phrased. There are few quotations that have any more impact on our daily lives than this. What happens to you is not as important as how you react to what happens to you. One child who is born to privilege wastes it in addiction and just plain laziness. Another child with the same privilege builds on it and changes other people's lives for the better. One child born in poverty never learns respect for himself or herself or for others, whereas another child born in poverty rises to responsibility and generosity. We started keeping up with Demarius Thomas when uh, he was playing football at Georgia Tech. We followed him uh, through his professional career, and especially during the year that we were in Dublin, where I was the district superintendent, and Montrose was in our district. There's a, there a United Methodist Church in Montrose. It's a nice community. I'm not saying anything negative about Montrose, some wonderful people there, but if you live in poverty in the Montrose area, there are a lot of things that you don't have that some other people do have. But Mary's Thomas came out of that and became not only a Hall of Fame-quality football player, but from all the, the accolades given him upon his untimely death last month, a Hall of Fame kind of person as well. Once One person can spend his or her life in excuses, whereas another person simply asks, how can I overcome the problems facing me? because what happens to you is not as important as how you react to what happens to you. Christmas happened to many people. Christmas happened to the whole world. It happened to Herod, to the wise men, to the shepherds. Christmas happened to us. We all have been given God's gift the question for us today is how will we react to that Matthew tells us that Herod was afraid the King James version translation i think was uh, was troubled and it's interesting to me that not only Herod was troubled but all Jerusalem with him that's kind of seems almost like a throwaway phrase in Matthew's Gospel. I think it it bears some further reflection, but but Matthew focuses in on, on Herod himself. He was troubled. Of course, he was troubled. He did carry the title Herod the Great, but he knew that by the laws of ancestry, he was almost a pretender to the throne so he was constantly afraid of anyone who might challenge him with a more legitimate claim to power and rule. He was not afraid of killing relatives, if they might possibly pose a challenge. However, he did seek to curry favor with the Jews over whom he ruled, so he he abstained from eating pork, such that Augustus Caesar was quoted as saying, of Herod the Great, it is safer to be Herod's pig than to be Herod's son. When you stand on shaky ground, you're never sure of yourself. You're never sure of anything else. For Herod, that shaky ground was a matter of his ancestry, that he was not quite who he would like others to believe he was. For you and me, the shaky ground, if indeed we stand upon it, is a matter of how we have built our lives. Have you built your life on caring for others, on giving to others, on making the world a better place? Or have you built your life on, by cutting corners in everything that you do and cheating others out of what rightfully belongs to them? If it is the latter, you stand on shaky ground. In words that Matthew would quote later in his gospel, you have built your house upon the sand rather than upon the rock. Herod was right to be afraid of the news of this newborn king because the reign of a true king would show him to be the pretender that he really was. The innkeeper didn't care. He ignored the child. Now, I realize, don't pin me down on this, Luke never tells us there's an innkeeper. That sort of sanctified imagination, which makes kind of sense. I mean, if there was, if there was an inn, there must have been an innkeeper. We're not exactly sure who turned uh, Joseph and Mary away. But we know when I was in elementary school at 37th Street School in Savannah, uh, I, I was once given the part of Joseph in the school Christmas play. Now, don't get too impressed by that. Uh, it's not like I had the leading role. I had six lines. The, the real leads in that play were the innkeeper and his wife. Sanctified imagination has done wonders with the, with the Christmas story and it was a, as little as i remember from those days it was a fairly uh, faithful rendition of what might have might possibly have happened but what we do know is from luke's gospel is that jesus was ignored there was no place for him to be born Even before that in the narrative, as we put it together, you can consider Herod's experts who ignored him. Think about this a moment. Herod calls in the smartest people in the country, the ones who know more about the scripture and about the prophecies and how they can be fulfilled, the ones who ostensibly spend their lives looking for the coming of the Messiah, And he says, uh, we have a a report that a new king has been born. Where? And they give, they, they rattle off the answer, and then they leave the room. Hello? You've just been asked the question that you've been trying to answer all of your lives, and you give a simple, direct answer, and you walk away, and you don't do anything more about it? I understand there's a movie out now um, about the threat of an asteroid coming toward Earth. And in the, in the halls of power, people are trying to decide how to respond. And if, if what I've heard about the movie, I have not seen the movie, if I've, what I've heard about it is true, there are people who want to ignore it, don't pay any attention to it, don't cause disturbance among the people. That was basically what Herod's chief priests and scribes did. Let's not worry about this. Let's not disturb anything. Let's just ignore it. We know that Jesus can be ignored. We we know because sometimes we, we live with the gospel. We know the story. We've heard it and we have told it. And yet we live our lives as if we had never heard about what it says about life. So I ask you. When your tree has gone to the chipper, when your decorations have taken up residence back in those boxes in the attic, when the gadgets that you planned to give and receive have lost their novelty, how will you be reacting to news of the king? Herod was afraid. The innkeeper ignored. The shepherds worshiped him. We might dwell on the shepherds. There's a great deal of imagination built into the story, but there are things that we draw from Luke's story. And we do know from that that they did obey the angels. We know that as Luke tells the story, they went out of their way to find the stable. That wasn't in their job description for, for the evening. We do know that they brought the worship of the heart and as they left the stable, returning to where they had been, they, they offered the worship of their lips, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. We, we love the nativity stories we, and the uh, representations. You probably have a couple in, in your house. We have one in, in our house that, that we bought at the Ben Franklin Five and Dime Store in Savannah. Uh, shortly after i was born which is like 175 years ago something like that and 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 every year uh uh, i i get it out of the the uh very fine quality plastic bag that that we store it in and and i put it up and usually, in imitation of how I treated it when I was six years old, I get my toy policeman that was my favorite toy at that age. And, and in those days, I always set it out to, to guard the nativity set, because you could never know what what, what nefarious deed was, was going to be done to it. And so I, and so I get it out. We love our nativities. Uh, a younger friend of mine tells about her daughter uh, as a young child being told you cannot play with this nativity. It was a, a very, it's a very expensive set that they have. But she walked in the room one day and she saw all the, all the characters on their face. And, and Reese turned to her, 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 uh, her daughter and said, I told you not to play with those toys, with those figures. And the little girl said, but mommy, I wanted them all to bow down to Jesus. The shepherds worshiped with the worship of the heart and of their lips. Will we bow in worship? And the wise men, you knew I'd get to them sooner or later, didn't you? And the wise men gave. They gave the best that they could. They gave gifts fit for a king. Adam Hamilton says the key part of the earliest worship of the church was not song or sermon or prayer, but the gift. Now, this past week, we all gave gifts to the people who were going to give gifts to us, right? You wanted to give them, because they're special people. They're good people. We wanted to bless their lives, and we knew that they would want to bless ours as well. That is how we gave at Christmas. How shall we give to the King? I read a story written by a man named uh, Robert who said that as when he was, he turned 12 on December 23rd, and as he woke up on his birthday morning, the the snow had fallen, the first snow of the season. He did not live in Macon, Georgia. The first snow of the season had fallen. And as he woke up and hurried through his breakfast, he he could hardly wait to get out and play in the snow. But then the family station wagon drove up. His mother had been to the grocery store early in the morning. She said, Robert, uh, come help me unload the groceries. That was what he did. He went outside, he helped bring in their groceries. And then his mother said, Robert, Mrs. Hildebrand's groceries are over there. He knew what that meant as well. Mrs. Hildebrand lived next door to them. She was 95 years old, got around with great difficulty, had no family within hundreds of miles. And so one thing that Robert's family did was, to, was that his mother would grocery shop for Mrs. Hildebrand, and then Robert would take Mrs. Hildebrand's groceries over to her. He he enjoyed doing that, he said the snow was very inviting out there, but, but I but I always enjoyed visiting with Mrs. Hildebrand. She had such wonderful stories. I took them over and put put them up exactly where she would tell me she would sit in her chair and tell Robert where to put the this item and that item. Usually she would give him a dime um for his his trouble and he, he said I would, I would make a nominal effort to, to give it uh, back, but I knew she was going to force, it, force me to take it. So I'd always take it and go across the street to the candy store where I'd get something really delicious. But this morning, because it was right before Christmas, I decided I wasn't going to take that dime. I was just not going to. And so when she offered it to me, I said to her, no, you keep it and use it for something important. And Mrs. Hildebrand said, who had actually pulled a quarter out of, her, out of her purse on that day, said, what could I do more important than to give a gift to a friend at Christmas? So Robert took the, the quarter. He, you, you know when you've been out-argued, don't you? Don't you? He, he knew that. And he went across to the grocery, to the candy store, because now he could buy two and a half times more than what he would might have expected to get. But when he got there, there was a a, a card on the on the t- on the display, and suddenly he remembered one of the stories that Mrs. Hildebrand had told him as they sat uh, uh, dis- uh, discussing the the groceries. She had told him about growing up out in the country in a house with no running water or electricity. She told him about going to a church, a little steepled church set in the, in, the, in the forest. She told him all that it had meant to her. And here in the candy store on the table next to the, the candy that he had gone to look for in a display of cards, there was a Christmas card and the picture on the front was indeed a, a church, a steepled church set amid a forest scene. That 25 cents would just purchase that card. And so he took it and the card up to the proprietor and the man said, oh, Robert, you're gonna give that to your girlfriend? And Robert said, I started to say no. Then I said, well, kind of. He borrowed a pen, signed his name. And instead of going home, he went back to Mrs. Hildebrand's house and gave her the card and said, Merry Christmas. Three weeks later, early one morning, he realized an ambulance was out in front of Mrs. Hildebrand's house. And his mother told him that Mrs. Hildebrand had passed away in the night. She had died peacefully when they found her. Every evidence was that she had died very calmly and peacefully. The lamp on her bedside table was actually still on and what it illuminated on that bedside table was a Christmas card. A Christmas card of a, that depicted a, a beautiful little steepled church set among a forest scene. Christ, God has given us his gift at Christmas. And there are many things that we can do with it. We can be afraid. We can ignore it. We, can, we pray we will worship, and we pray that we can give. But Christ has given us his gift, and the question for us is, how will we reply, respond? May we pray. We are grateful, our Father, for the gift of your Son. In him is life, in him is light, In him is everything that we truly need. We pray that you would give us grace to respond in favor and in in your grace. In his name we pray. Amen.